Food Heals Nation, what have you been doing lately when it comes to truly caring for your skin? Have you tried any of the light therapy facials or the LED masks? I've shared on this show how I use lasers to completely remove my brown spots in the past, and I love anything that can help me with wrinkles or blemishes or redness or scars. I find a lot of great products on YouTube that I test out, and I've just discovered a new brand. It's called Lima, and when you see the before and afters on YouTube, you're going to be a convert too. They are changing the way that you care for your skin on actually a profoundly scientific level. This is the Lima laser. It's the world's most powerful clinic grade cosmetic laser device and the only laser FDA cleared for at home use. Why this is important is because I was spending, I'm not going to tell you how much, way too much money years ago when I was getting rid of those brown spots when I was really healing my skin. And now This same type of technology is available at home, and I'm here for it. I am so excited. So this is a near-infrared laser light that penetrates deep into the dermis, simultaneously working on your fat, muscle, and bone to give you like a non-surgical facelift. It transforms your skin. It helps skin issues like wrinkles, sagging, blemishes, pigmentation, redness, breakouts, and scars. And it does this with zero damage, zero pain, and zero downtime. And I remember the lasers that I used to do, they did have some downtime, so this is great. Make sure to check out some of the before and after photos on the website so you can see what I'm talking about. They have YouTube videos too. But the reason it's groundbreaking is it uses that near-infrared low-level light technology, which is completely cold and painless, and it's 100 times more powerful than an LED. And the craziest part is you can even use it with a full face of makeup. So check it out for yourself. Visit lima.life. L is for live. Y is for younger. M is for masterful. A is for approved, and learn more about the Lima Laser. If you're interested in trying one today, you can sign up for their newsletter. Tell them that Food Heals sent you, and please let me know if you order one. I want to hear about your results. Again, it's lima.life, L-Y-M-A dot life. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Food Heals Podcast, episode 124. I just couldn't formulate the right words ever on paper. And so... I, of course, had to call my husband and be like, hang my head. Guess what? I'm going to start a podcast. Like, <laughs> Holistic Voice presents the Food Heals podcast with your hosts, Alison Melody and Susie Hardy. Join the Food Heals nation and learn the secrets to go from feeling unwell to healing yourself. Warning, side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, an increase in sexual activity, feelings of joy, cravings for kale and quinoa, and a spike in Tinder matches. In real cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat and stressed. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately. 
All right. Welcome, Food Heals Nation. Thanks for joining us. I'm Allison Melody. And I'm Susie Hardy. Today, we bring you a chat with Alexa Sherm, the force behind the website and podcast, Simple Roots Wellness. We love podcasters. We do. <laughs> with a bachelor's degree in nutrition and working on a master's in health studies, this mother of three teaches people how the body works and why we should be eating real whole foods. She's also passionate about shedding light on the many myths and misunderstandings that are perpetuated in the world of wellness, taking complicated nutrition issues and simplifying them. And that is so needed. It is. She enjoys helping her readers sift through the nonsense and make educated choices for themselves. Which is so important considering how much information is out there around health, around wellness. And there's information, there's misinformation. And, and there's contradictory information. Yeah. And so it's like, I like it when people make it simple. They have a good background and they go, all right, here's the real deal. Let's, let's break this down. Her primary focus is the restoration of excellent metabolic function, which is even important to understand. That's just how yeah. your body that's how your body works. By helping people break free from restrictive diets, achieve balanced hormonal health, very important ladies, mm -hmm. vibrant and men, vibrant energy and natural weight management. I like all our sidebars. And men. And everybody. <laughs> this is important for everybody. It is important. All right. But before we get to that, we're just gonna tell you really quickly about our sponsor. We are? Yeah, you want to? Okay. I mean, people need to know. Yes. Who who takes care of us for these episodes? Indeed. So today our sponsor is Guna's handbags. We love them. And you know when so Ali pretty. sings, you know it means it, something. It means something. I know. Well, they're so pretty. So now I want to have a handbag that looks beautiful, but I don't want to support leather. So I can't buy all the beautiful brand names that I used to want to buy. And they need to, the knock, to knock it off. Like they just need to stop. Oh, that's true. I don't, I don't know why they're still using leather. No, it is ridiculous. And not, it's not every brand, you know, some brands are more conscious than others. And I, I definitely give them that and things are changing, but until they change, we have Gunas. Gunas is amazing because their stuff looks High, it is high end. That's a soundbite. Until things change, there's Gunas. <laughs> and when they change, Gunas will be the leader. You That's know? right. Yeah. And so we've talked about them before. We did a photo shoot with them, and you know, you can see that on our Instagram. But we love these bags. They're beautiful and they're made without any animal byproducts. So that's also silk, wool, leather, fur. So, you know, these are made from high quality man-made materials, recycled plastic bottles, and upcycled textiles. That is awesome. Yeah. Recycled plastic bottles that are now into a beautiful little purse. I yeah. mean, does it get any better than that? Yes. So you can go to gunasthebrand.com and how much percent off can they get, Susie, with our Food Heals discount? I'll tell you, Allie, they get 20% off their order. That's a great deal, Susie. It's I mean, amazing. It's really amazing. 10% is good. 20 is better. 20 is always better. And so right now I have two of their handbags. I have one smaller black one and one bigger blue one. And you have the shoulder strap blue one, right, Sus? I do. It's it's beautiful. It's Robin's egg blue. It's sexy. So go to gunasthebrand.com. Check out all the purses they have to offer. And you can shop. I have a good conscience about what you're... And people will ask you questions. So you can say, you know what? Let me tell you about this bag. So it's really cool. Yes, it is. Next up, our interview with Alexa. The Food Hills Podcast starts now. Today, we're here with Alexa Sherm. She's a mommy and a nutritionist. Alexa is passionate about educating people about how the body works, first and foremost, and then teaching them how to fuel that body with the right foods 
and how to care for that body with exercise. All the right things. Here's a quote from her website that we love. What we think or what we know or what we believe is, in the end, of little consequence. The only consequence is what we do. Um, that is so true, Food Heals Nation. I love that. You know, I, I, I love that because... Um, there's such a big, at least here in LA, uh, big, big emphasis on what you believe or what you think. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that is great, but you also need action. Like power of manifestation does not work unless you take action. I know because I would sit back and try to meditate my way into things I want. Right, you need right. to take the action to create uh, your reality. You can meditate all day long, but you still have to go out and get shit done. Yeah. <laughs> so so it's, not, it's not just thought, it's thought and action together. And especially with your body, because to claim your health, you have to know what steps to take and then act on them. And chances are your healthy body will emerge. So we're so excited to have her here. Welcome, Alexa. Thank you so much for having me on. We're so glad to have you. Another fellow podcaster. That's right. That's right. And we were interrupted by nature last time because there was a crazy storm where Alexa was. Oh, yeah. And the earth said, no, you have to reschedule. So (laughs) here we are. I know. It's crazy. It's actually almost, I mean, it's going to storm again today. So You're kidding. let's hope we can pull this through. No, <laughs> I'm not kidding. Let's dive right in. <laughs> okay. So you're a podcaster, Simple Roots Radio. Your website is Simple Roots Wellness. What is Simple Roots? Tell us, how did you get into that? And what does that mean to you? Yeah. So I went to school for traditional nutrition. And, you know, when I was at school, I graduated with it. I could have become an RD, but it just didn't all add up to me. Like, you know, when you're sitting in class and your professor's drinking Diet Pepsi and, you know, trying to give you hints on how to tell other people to eat, like it just didn't match what we were learning about metabolism. So I knew there was some kind of disconnect. I just didn't really know what at the time, like it just didn't feel right. And so after I graduated, I had actually opened up my own gym right before I graduated from college. And so I just kind of dove into that, just wanting to learn more about the human body, you know, like watching people and being with them and then also diving into more of a holistic approach. Like I can't pinpoint like one thing that didn't make sense, but there was just like a whole emotion of just not feeling good about it. And so I took a few years and just really studied on my own, the more holistic side of nutrition, you know, how the body actually works and really just trying to bring that to a simplified level. And so once I started into the nutrition field, I started the website, Simple Roots Wellness, and I really came up with the name, obviously naming something is kind of challenging, but I've always really loved to simplify complex manners. Like I just look at nutrition in general and think that we just over complicate the matter. And really, if we just get back to the basics, it becomes pretty simple and pretty clear. Um, and so it's kind of sifting through all this like nonsense and all this junk and all this confusion and really just getting back to, to what's important and how our body actually works. So, I mean, simple and roots to me kind of go hand in hand. It's like getting back to our roots, getting back to our metabolism and how our bodies were designed, but also on the other hand, getting back to how our ancestors ate and really just understanding that we leave a legacy through how our body is and how healthy it is. You know, like if we're going to have children or we have had children, the influence and the impact that that has on coming generations is huge, probably bigger than most of us even think about. And so just understanding that this is like through our roots, it happens through our roots and we leave roots for other generations, but also just the simple aspect of it of like, if we can just get back to the basics 
and just really figure out your your own body, then it does become simple in a way. It's not overcomplicated or stuffy or just like jumping from thing to thing to thing. Like just become something enjoyable, something so many people miss. I love all of that. And I'm so impressed that you were in school for this and trusting your own gut instinct that was saying, yeah, you're drinking diet soda. And the rest of what you're saying, there's something off. I really give you credit for that because most people would just be like, no, this is a program and it's accredited and it's through my, you know, (laughs) it's got to be real. Right. And and the more that Allison and I have done interviews and the more I study about nutrition, the more I realize how much different information or disparate or contradictory information is out there. So the fact that you listen to your gut, A, I give you applause for that. That's amazing. And then one of the other things I wanted to bring up, because I don't think we've ever specifically talked about this, you mentioned diet soda. And Mm -hmm. I have a particular vehemence for diet soda. First of all, I think it tastes gross. <laughs> Second of all, because of because of the fake sweetener, but so much of our country is like, no, no, it's fine. It's sugar-free. It's it's diet. Right. It's, I just wanted to point that out and, and bring it up to you, like how bad for us fake sweetener is. Never mind, like, yeah, we're addicted to sugar and we shouldn't have too much sugar. We know that. But a lot of people think if it's not sugar, if it's, you know, NutraSweet or what are the other aspartame. ones? Splenda, right. aspartame, that right. it's okay. And people don't know that these are actually toxic, um, that they're neurotoxins and that, you know, the FDA clears them because in small amounts shown in rats, it's fine, but in large right. amounts. But, but people are drinking five Diet Cokes a right. day and, and, and thinking and it's a health food. And they don't, and people just sometimes, even members of my own family, where I'm like, what are you drinking? Where it's like our body doesn't know how to process that. It sticks it in our liver and God knows what, how that's going to affect us. Yeah. So what are, what are your thoughts on that? And the fact that right. your teacher is drinking Diet Coke. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, it's funny because he's drinking Diet Coke because they're doing studies on aspartame trying to prove that they're not bad for you. But if you look at you know, who's funding those, well, then it gets even stickier, right? Because it's like Pepsi and Coca-Cola. And, I was about you know, like to say that. <laughs> right. Who's so there's funding so much... it? Follow the money. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I would say, like, I'm a science girl. Like, I like the science. But, you know, when, when people come back to me and they're like, oh, what's your backing to say that? And I'm like, well, science can really go no matter what way you want it to. Like, in the end, it's kind of pulled via who's funding the source. And, and so who's interpreting the data. scientific yeah. research is kind of non-existent, I would say. And some degree. I mean, not always, we can always get something. So I would just go back to like, like just looking at the human body and like how it's reacting, like regardless of of like how much science there is. I mean, we can get into metabolism and all that stuff. And, and that's great. But we just have this like, it's like such a mental battle, right? Because one sugar is a known drug, it's very addictive. And so artificial sweetener is even more so because I think what people don't understand about artificial sweeteners is that they do have calories in them. And most people drink them because they're calorie free. Now, how they get around the calories is that they use such a small amount of that sweetener because it's like thousands of times sweeter than natural sugar. Um, And so it seems great. But what it's really doing is it's just inducing a response in your body, a hormonal response, which I think is important to take note of, because once we start screwing with our hormones, everything just gets out of whack. So, you know, we could say, and and it's true that, you know, all these artificial sweeteners are neurotoxins and they're damaging our body and they're just kind of getting clogged up in our system. So totally true. 
But the other aspect that I think is just as important and something that people can actually feel is that it's also inducing a hormonal response in our body. And we can't really override our hormones. They're the main communicators of our system. And so when we consume something that's sweet, um, you know, like our first, like when you salivate, you know, like if you look at something that looks good, right, we start salivating. So once we start salivating, our body's already starting to change its hormone structure. It's releasing different hormones. And so mm, when we taste like, yeah. So when we do that, like at the sight of food or at the taste of something sweet, even if it doesn't have calories in it, our body starts releasing insulin into our bloodstream to prepare for that. And so once you consume something and it doesn't have any calories and it tastes sweet, right? We now have this spike of insulin, but we have no blood sugar to actually get wow. rid of the insulin in the bloodstream. And so when insulin is just floating around in the bloodstream, our body doesn't like congested bloodstream. That's why it tends to put like these neurotoxins that just pumps them into fat cells and stores them in the liver because it doesn't like excess things floating around in the bloodstream. And so it just pumps it into all these places until it has time to deal with it. Well, insulin is one of those things too, that it doesn't just float around in there. And the only way you can get rid of it is to use it. And the only way you can use insulin is through sugar. And so what happens is insulin's high, but you drank all this, you know, artificial sweetener with no sugar in it. And so you're, you still have this high insulin. And so what it's doing is it's kind of inducing hunger in you. So you actually end up eating more and more sweet things than you would if you just didn't have it at all. I've never heard it stated that way. This is great. Yeah. So it's a little different. I mean, it, I think because I feel like when I go into like the neurotoxin route and like that, it's really, really harmful for your body. It totally is. But people always are like, oh, like, yeah, but my body could get rid of that. Right. Like I right, have a good right. functioning liver. I have I a actually... high metabolism. But right? No, but well, but it's yeah. no, your body can't get rid of it because it's not a natural substance. It's it's, you know, right. bombarded with hydrogen atoms so that your body can't recognize it so that it doesn't. You know what I mean? It's not there's no aspartame right. tree. There's no nutra sweet bush. It's like it doesn't exist in right. nature. Makes me angry. Right. And it's, I mean, it's so true. Like whenever you spike your insulin, right, that's also the only point at which you can develop new body fat cells, right? Like that's a direct correlation to insulin levels. And so if insulin spikes and you're putting on all this artificial sweeteners, well, your body can still turn on that process of developing new fat cells. So when you do eat, right, you're just developing excess body fat stores. And you're also pumping all those neurotoxins back into fat cells because it's a really safe place. So your fat cells are not just made up of fat, they're made up of toxins and all this other junk that your body really can't get rid of. And so yeah, it's just so negative, you know, like, and it all stems from this is what blows my mind. It all stems from the fear of calories. Like if we could just wrap our mind around the fact that calories are life-giving, like calories are needed in our body to do the job that it was designed to do. It's not something to fear. And yet we, you know, like all of this negative behavior just stems from this phobia to calories. Calories are life-giving. I like that as a reframe because there's so much misinformation about calories in, calories out, right? And that's been proven untrue time and time again, but the media still perpetuates it as a way to live. And so people are like calorie counting to this day, which we know is ridiculous because it's the quality of the calories that matters. So I like how you said 
calories are life-giving because it's food that sustains us in that way. So it's the quality of calories that matters, not the amount. Well, and I think that ties into the processed foods because if you're eating whole foods, as Alexa talks about, going back to what our ancestors ate, you know, if you're eating foods from the earth versus processed junk food, that have hidden calories and chemicals is there's such a big difference. And that's, and that's what you see on TV. Like they're counting calories, like Jenny Craig, you know, eat this packaged cookie or cracker or whatever. There's all those diet programs and it's not natural home cooked foods. It's processed prepackaged stuff. Right. Calorie deficit can only work so long, you know, like if we consume less calories than we take in, like your body can only withstand that for a period of time before it just kind of I mean, that's why 98% of all diets fail. We always end up right back where we started. And worse, in most cases, it's because you've lost all trust in your body. It reaches the point where it can't sustain that anymore. And so it just entices you to binge on whatever you can in most cases. But it's also, in the meantime, eating away all of your muscle, which is metabolically active for energy. So to me, a calorie deficit is doing more harm than it is any good. I always say I'd rather people be overfed on the right foods than underfed on anything. Yes. Say that again, girl. I would rather people be overfed on the right foods than underfed on anything. Preach. Could not agree more. (laughs) (laughs) It's a hard philosophy, though. (laughs) Well, I did a I did a raw food cleanse. Um, I don't think I could be a raw foodist, but I, I love raw food. I think it's delicious. And when I do it as a cleanse, I remember I got like I got it from a place here in Santa Monica because preparing raw food is quite an ordeal. There's a lot of dehydrating and rehydrating, and, and you got to know what you're doing to make done, it good. <laughs> yeah, when it's done right, it's delicious. But when I got my box of food for the week, they said, you know, when I was first doing it, they said, eat until you are satisfied. Eat and eat as much as you want until you're full. We guarantee you it won't take as much as you think. And that is the first time I've ever heard that. And I actually knew it was good for me because it was all raw, you know, vegetables and fruits and nuts and seeds. And to have that permission that I can eat as much of this whole big box of food that I want (laughs) was really liberating. Right. I mean, it's kind of like the mindset of like, if we're told we can't do it, then we want to do it. But if you're given free access, then it's just like, oh, well, this isn't as fun anymore. Like the responsibility falls more on you. It's totally a mind change. I do it with my kids. Like, you know, if I told them that they couldn't eat any of the bad foods, right? Like not that I love them to do that. It kind of makes me cringe a little bit, but I know that if I restrict them from that, they're going to want it. Yeah. Especially they see their friends eating it. Yeah. Right. But if I just sit back and like explain like, okay, but remember like, this is how it's going to make your body feel, or this is, you know, why we shouldn't eat a lot of it. Like kind of always go back to how our body feels. Then it's like, they will take a couple of bites of ice cream and be done or they'll eat half a cookie. You know, like it's just like once they have control, it changes things. But if I'm trying to take control, then it's like, oh, I'm going to rebel against you. I mean, we all do it. We see right. it. Like if someone told me I couldn't eat something, I'd want it. You know, like it's an obsession then. I know a great example of this. And we had Robin Openshaw on. And I'm sorry, I've talked about this before, but I just love this story. She made a green smoothie and her little son was like, Mommy, what's that? And she's like, Oh, it's mommy's ice cream. It's mommy's smoothie. And the kid was like, Well, obviously, I need to have that. And she's like, No, no, no. It's mommy's. (laughs) this. The kid drinks the entire green smoothie and becomes addicted to the green smoothies is the moral of the story because it's the psychology around it. It really is. Oh, it's especially with kids. Yep. Mm -hmm. Such a mind game. So what are some other myths of wellness that you've come across that you like to debunk? 
Well, obviously one that we've heard all the time is that, you know, fat isn't the culprit. I would totally agree with that. We've lived in low fat nation for so long and obviously it's done us no good. I mean, we're just (laughs) more sick than we've ever been. And AKA no fun nation. Right, right, right. Fat's fun. (laughs) Fat is fun. And it makes things taste so better. Like we wonder why people won't eat their vegetables. It's because they won't have like any healthy fats to go with it to make them taste better. I'm a big proponent of that. And like when, even when we look at cravings, like one of the best ways to overcome sugar is not to just give up sugar, but it's to retrain your body by just kind of pushing out or not making room for sugar by eating more of the right foods. So Mm -hmm. like when I go into like, Oh, you, you're obsessed with sugar. uh, You want sugar all the time and you're trying to get over it. Well, don't focus on giving up sugar. Let's focus on adding all these positive things in and see if we can just make you more satisfied that those don't even sound enticing. So again, it's kind of like the reverse psychology of it, but yeah, I really am a big proponent that fat is good, but even more than that, you know, like I'm a nutritionist, I'm supposed to talk about food all day, but I think that nutrition is just a very small piece of the puzzle. And I think that, you know, how we live our life, you know, like having a firm foundation of a mental structure, if we don't have that, I don't think we're going to get anywhere. You know, like we can do diets or we can live a healthy life for a period of time, but unless we're doing it for the right reasons, we always end up right back to where we started. And so often that I see people do it for the wrong reasons, like, oh, I have my daughter's wedding coming up or a class reunion or, you know, it's bikini weather. And I'm just like, yeah, but that's not going to get you anywhere long term, right? Like we want this quick fix, but we don't want to do it with the right foundation, which is all mental. It's bringing up hard things. It's talking to people about it. It's being vulnerable really with it and accepting kind of who you are and moving forward through that. So I think that's a huge aspect that so many people miss. Yeah. And it's like, if you don't deal with the issues that are causing you to eat certain foods, to overeat, to crave all these things, then you can't just do it with your willpower because there's no willpower when you haven't gotten to the root, like simple roots, the whole, you know, everything that you do. And so getting back to the roots of our thoughts and our mindset and going, what affected me at childhood that is now making me eat or act this way? And it's diet versus lifestyle. So you look, I've done this trying to fit into a dress for a wedding. Of course, we've all done it. But the point is a diet versus a lifestyle, a diet is a temporary thing that you're going to go back and change your habits back to, you know, the bad ones. And a lifestyle is when you go, I made these decisions for life and I'll never go back and I'm still working on it. But the decisions I've made for life, I haven't gone back on. And those are the ones that, you know, sustain me and keep me healthy. For sure. Right. I mean, it's just a lifestyle change and it doesn't happen overnight. I think that's what's hard is that we live in this convenience world and we expect to get everything right now, you know, but when we take the responsibility back on ourselves and we really start to value and respect who we are and what our body has done and is capable of, I think it kind of changes things. But again, it's working through hard things and I feel like we just internalize so many things and we don't want to work through them. You know, like we just have this block that, we we forget that the past, yes, has defined us, but it doesn't have to define us if we just deal with it. Things that have happened in our past or what's happening now is kind of like the anchor. And until we deal with that, we're really never going to get anywhere quickly um, because we're always going to kind of be dragged down by that. So how do we deal with it? Give us some examples. Give us some tools. This is an area that I'm learning a lot about right now and I'm super passionate about. And And here's the deal. I would tell you that I could tell you a lot more about nutrition and eating and then I could about this aspect, right? Because I think it's, again, so different for everyone. If we want to talk nutrition, I can do that all day. But I'm just going to be honest, like that area 
is so mind boggling to me and how to deal and pull out those emotions. But I always like to go back to like kind of starting with, um, and I had a, a guest on not long ago and talked about like your why. So like, why do you want to do this? And then it just like keeps going. And they say there's like a five layer deep why. So it's just like you start with your initial why, like I want to do this to be healthier for my grandkids. Well, why? Like, why do you want to do that? And like kind of define your end vision, like kind of paint a picture of what you want your life to look like, kind of like, you know, you maybe would in a business or a job or, you know, if you were training for a race, like, what do you really want? What does that look like? And then you can like work on steps to get there. And I feel like it makes it easier to say, is that making any sense first before I say this next point? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, all, it's all psychology, yeah. which is right. a field that I've always been fascinated with. It affects us in every way because it's, you know, our brains are with us throughout our entire lives and, and our emotions affect us very deeply, sometimes subconsciously. And I feel like a lot of people, I mean, emotion is very much tied to food and what we eat, especially if people are overeating or eating comfort food or, you know, eating because they don't want to feel their emotions and et cetera. So. Right. Yeah. And it's so true. And so once you have your why, like, you know, where you want to go, just like in a business, again, I feel like they correlate so much like business strategies to just health strategies. And the fact that once you see your why, then it's easier to say yes to the things you really want and to run after and say no to the majority of things that are just going to derail you from that. So, you know, like it's easier to say no to a cupcake or, you know, candy on your coworker's desk when you know exactly where you want to go and you feel good about it. Like you really want it for the right reasons instead of it just being a diet or just another thing that you have to do then everything else looks so much more enticing. But when you really have like the emotional connection and you create action behind that, that's really how you catapult yourself into success. But again, like another thing that I really live by is you can't get a body you love doing things that you hate. Mm, I love that. Yeah. So it's like a tricky thing of like, I feel like so often these diets or exercise plans, like we just have to do them because we feel like, that's the only way. Oh my God. Right. I feel that way about um, all of the, the programs that are like super high intensity, like P90X. And I yeah. know that a lot of people, I think a lot of men more, you know, more than women, but I know women right. do them too. But like a lot of these super intense, like beat the crap out of yourself body because that's what you should do. Programs are like kind of self-abusive. I hate them. Right. <laughs> exactly. Right. And, and so many people do, but yet they feel like it's the only way. And it's because, right, someone out there selling something is telling you it's the only way when it really isn't. Like the only way to success is if you really enjoy the way there. Like everything's not going to be pretty. It's not fun bringing up hard things. It's not fun bringing up emotions. But in the end, the journey to success and making this lifelong really has to be enjoyable or you're really not going to sustain it, right? Like it has to bring you joy and it has to bring you excitement. Otherwise, I would say that if it doesn't, like if you're doing something you hate, it's probably never going to work long-term, right? Like if you take someone who hates, like my sister hates to run. And for so many years when I owned the gym, I'm like, just do it. Like everyone's a runner. You can do this. Like, you know, it's all in your head, but she really genuinely hates to run. Now she loves to do other things, right? Like she loves to swim. She would swim every day if she could, right? But she hates to run. And so if she focuses on running, guess what? She never gets up to run. 
But if she focuses on something she loves, she does it. it and it comes with ease. And that's where the simplicity factor comes in. Fully agree. I love to run and I hate spinning. I hate it. Right. And I made myself do it because it was the, the new thing and it was the hot thing. And they played, you know, awesome music and they had black lights in my gym and I tried it. And I'm like, I hate this. and I don't want right. to do it anymore. And I gave myself permission to, you know, do other stuff. I used to hate running until I discovered that I had to have my absolute favorite music playlist come on, okay? Mm -hmm. So then I was like, oh, now I love this and I can go forever, but I didn't even listen to music when I was running and I'd be like, why do people love this? I hate this. This is torture. Then right. after that, I discovered podcasts. So this is like years ago, obviously before Susie and I had a podcast. Um, and then I discovered podcasts and I was like, oh my God, I can listen. This is before serial, but I was like, I can listen to these like murder mysteries while I'm running and like I'm so engaged that I want to keep going because I have to get to the end. And like, it was like a story in my ear and I'm running to it and I would go so much farther because I'm like, th it was my escape from, you know, the rest of whatever else was going on in my life because you're so focused on A, the right. run, exercising and B, the story or the music that you're hearing in your ears. That's what made me r love running. But I used to be like your sister. Everyone was running and I was like, why on earth would I go out there and run as fast as I could in this hot beating sun? Hell no. But now I love it. Right. So it's like... <laughs> But you, the point is, is that you have to find, you have to move. We are soft tissue creatures that our body works better when, and our joints are nourished when we, we have to move for health. And you just have to find a way that you like to move. It can be dancing. That can be using a hula hoop. That can be Zumba or P90X or whatever the hell you like. Yeah. Some people, <laughs> some people love P90X and that shit, but I hate it. Right, right. Torture. Yeah, this is I not it's a so love abuse. relationship with your couch by any means. <laughs> but I think your loves can change. Like, I yeah. mean, if you look at food, I didn't used to love kale. Not that I would say that I love kale, but I can tolerate kale, right? Like, but when this journey was starting, I would say like that was the farthest thing from my list of like really ever enjoying it ever. And so as you journey through this, right, it's like starting out with things you love. Maybe just right now it's walking. Like maybe that's what's going to get you out the door. Or, you know, maybe it's starting with just other vegetables besides leafy greens, like, you know, um, tomatoes or making a caprese salad or something like that. Like the health journey has to start somewhere. And for some people starting too far off into this world of hate just never gets them anywhere. And so it's really starting with those small things you love and being open to try new things. Even if you thought you hated them, like, you know, with you and your running, like eventually you can develop a love for it. If you can just figure out how to do it right. Just like kale, like I just had to figure out how to eat it in a way that I liked it. Kale by itself yeah. is not right. tasty. You have to put on the most delicious dressing. You have to put it in a smoothie. I love it. You do? I'm, you see me go to Bristol Farms and get a huge thing. Of, I'm weird. I've always loved kale. But when it's, weird. But, no, it's awesome. <laughs> but when it's mixed with all the vegetables, I yeah. like it too because it has the flavor. But yeah. kale just by itself, you eat it. Like a leafy I can, thing. yeah. I, I usually I put lemon juice on it and okay, see? salt and pepper. Okay, thank you. I can but do that's that not too. It. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I can't, I'm just saying Let's... by itself, it's dry and, and crunchy yeah. and weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. <laughs> so yeah. I understand yeah. why people don't like it. But if you flavor it, even just a little, like Susie said. But here's another thing to think about, and especially with children. I see this all the time. Like my And I, I credit my mother because she taught myself and my brother that we eat not just for taste, but for nutrition. And mm -hmm. sometimes you don't have to always like it, at least as children, but you have to eat it. That was that. And I don't I don't think a lot of parents do this nowadays. And again, I'm not a parent yet. So I don't know the tortures of trying to get your kid to eat healthy. But she never gave in. She's like, if I made it, it's healthy for you. And therefore, you have to try it. You're allowed one food you can say no to. And you know what? As much as I didn't like it as, as I was a, a kid, 
I became an adult that loves to eat kale, that loves to mm-hmm. eat vegetables. I, you know, so it's, it's an important point to realize. It's like, we don't just have to eat for taste. And I think in a world of processed foods, that's playing upon our evolution to want salt and fat and sugar and to eat for taste. But we have to eat for nutrition. And nutrition can taste good. We just have to it learn can. how to make it taste good. And as good. Alexa said, you can also morph your taste buds. You can learn to like stuff that, you know, I've, I saw a little girl at a, at a Fourth of July barbecue and she was eating iceberg lettuce and her mother was encouraging her. And I just thought, oh, uh, she has no idea that that is nutritionally devoid of anything right. good. And but she was like, it's lettuce and she loves it. And then we tried to get her eat, to eat a tomato, these farm fresh, hand picked, delicious yeah. cherry tomatoes. <laughs> she took one bite, made a face like, I don't like it. And I was just like, wow, like that's going to be an uphill battle, kid. Like you, you need to you need to open up your taste buds and realize that you don't just have to eat for taste. Yeah. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to talk to Alexa about her new podcast, Simple Roots Radio. Today's podcast is sponsored by Gunas, an independent fashion label with a cause. We've all been there, walking past a shop and your eye gets drawn to the perfect bag, but oh no, it just happens to be made of leather. And then you have to walk away. I mean, that's me. And that can be hard, right? Because we all want nice things. But let's face it, the leather is cruel. It's cruel to the animals, cruel to the environment, and cruel to the people who have to work with it. But with Gunas, you don't have to worry about the ethics because every single one of their beautiful, fashionable bags is 100% vegan and 100% sweatshop free. I like that. Guna's bags are made without any animal byproducts. No silk, no wool, no leather or fur. They don't even use PVC, nickel, lead or vinyl because of the harmful effects on our planet. Whether you're looking for a clutch bag, shoulder bag, crossbody bag, tote, wallet, flat bag or even a backpack, Gunas has got you covered with five collections of stunningly designed ethical bags. I mean, they've got the Glam collection, which is sparkly and glittery, and they've got the Angel and Rebel collections that Susie loves, which are super vibrant and colorful. And they work with any outfit, whether you're going to that cute little vegan restaurant with your man, or on a night out with friends, or just doing your everyday stuff. You can rock the vegan look with one of these bags. And of course, you know that we scored an exclusive discount for you, Food Heals Nation. Go to gunasthebrand.com, use the coupon code FOODHEALS, and get 20% off your order. All right, we're back with Alexa Sherm. Alexa just started a podcast just four months ago about, and it's called Simple Roots Radio. And we're fellow podcasters, so we love to interview podcasters about podcasting. And we have a lot of listeners who actually are either starting podcasts, want to start a podcast, you know, or have a podcast. So let's just talk a little bit about what that process was like and what it did for your business. Yeah, well, honestly, I never wanted to start a podcast, which is funny. I didn't even really know about them. But my husband for the last few years has been kind of saying, you know, you'd be good at podcasting, you should start a podcast. Yeah, you have a great voice. (laughs) <laughs> well, it's probably my rebellious spirit of like my husband telling me to do something. I was like, uh, like, no, not going to happen. You don't know better than me, honey. I got this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so it was like at a mastermind event that I went to out in San Diego last year that Wait, which I had one? Which one? It was with Sean Croxton. He does underground wellness. He has the sessions now. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so it was just a small mastermind event. And um, Josh Trent from Wellness Force 
radio was there and he was kind of telling his backstory story and podcasting. Mm -hmm. And I just got like the feeling like, Oh, I could really do this podcasting thing. Like maybe this is what my business needs to really take off. Like I always felt like I wasn't a great writer. And if I could just use my voice, then it was more powerful or meaningful. And I just couldn't formulate the right words ever on paper. And so I, of course, had to call my husband and be like, hang my head. Guess what? I'm going to start a podcast. Like, you know, and he's like <laughs> Hang <laughs> your head. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I told him and then it was kind of like I had been starting to think about it. Four months went by and I just really didn't know like the next step, you know, like the best next step for it. So I actually had been listening to John Lee Dumas's stuff. I can't even give his blog now. E.L. Fire. Uh, CEO fire. Yeah. And at some point he had said, like, if you're looking for a coach or whatever, you know, like email me back and I'll send you someone. And so I did. And I got um, a coach, Jeff Brown. He does a read to lead podcast. He was amazing. And so I got some coaching and it was really what I needed to just get off the ground and just understand that I think it was the first time in podcasting, which I love, by the way. So I have to admit that to my husband, like you were right. I love this. It's been huge for my business. And, you know, like Jeff was a first point because I feel like in blogging, I felt like there was like a very rigid, like this is what you need to be doing and this is how you do it. And I was kind of following all the rules. And I guess the theme of the show could be like, I'm the biggest rule breaker there is. So I hated that. Like, I just never felt like it was totally me. And so Jeff was the first person that was like, you can make this however you want it to go. Like, it can be anything as long as it's you. And so I felt like the podcasting was like the first time that I could fully express myself for who I was and really what message I wanted to get across. So I'm a newbie. So I'm still learning all the ropes and really trying to find my voice in that. But it has been huge. I would say probably the best change that I ever made for my business and for myself. Like even though like I haven't gotten into like monetizing it yet or or whatever, but I just feel like there's such a connection with people. And that's huge for me sitting behind a computer most days, like just getting to experience that other people are being changed by this and, you know, allowing them to use their voice in the show. It's been the best thing. My yeah. husband will probably listen. So enjoy this moment. (laughs) No, I mean, we feel the same way. It's like the connection is huge and it's a different medium. But I know when I listen to podcasts and Pat Flynn said this, we were, Alex and I were both at um, podcast movement. He said, how many people in the room listen to my podcast? Everyone raise their hand. How many of you feel like you know me? Everyone raise their hand, right? And uh, someone and someone else went into this too. A couple of people, different people talk about this, but there's this intimate connection with podcasting that doesn't exist with blogging. And I don't even think it exists with video as much unless you're one of those. That's pe- because our voices are in their head. Yeah, exactly. I was trying to do a sexy voice and that totally came out poorly. That was not sexy at all. Let me redo that again. That's because we're in their head. There oh we go. Oh my God, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> You just have next voiceover for some commercial. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Susie is a voiceover artist, so we have to give her that. But I feel like that connection doesn't exist in a lot of other mediums. And so you feel so connected to that person. You feel like you know them because Susie and I have probably told our entire life stories throughout all the episodes of the podcast. We've had little bits and pieces here and there. And eventually, like, you're like, I know everything about these girls. And that's how I feel about the people that I listen to. And I, if I see them like at podcast movement, I'm like, Hey, you're like my best friend. You've never met me, but 
you feel like this connection to people. And then that's why it's great to have the Facebook groups and the ways to interact with them outside of the podcast. So you can support them and help them. And we did our 100th episode recently and we said, Hey, send in a video or uh, audio recording and talk about like what you're doing, how the food heals podcast has helped you or affected your life. And we got this, the most beautiful audio recordings we've ever gotten. And people are changing their lives, changing their diets, moving, doing all this stuff. Um, and part of it was because of what they've learned on the show. And that to us, that was like life changing. And I was like, I wanted to cry. I was like, this is why we're doing this because we're making a difference. And that's all that matters, you know, and there's just more people that can hear you, I think, than in blogging. So the point of the story is sometimes husbands get it right. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, sometimes that's as much we'll as I will say. Right. <laughs> all right. How can everyone listen to your show? Okay. You can find me at simplerootswellness.com. Or if you just go to simplerootswellness slash iTunes, I'm up there. My show is called Simple Roots Radio. So it's just kind of a hodgepodge of, you know, health um, guests, but also I get into the mentality and I just like to showcase my listeners and like their story and how they're doing life and their secrets. Cause I feel like we're all made up of these like wise secrets. It doesn't take a scientist to come up with these. And so just like getting tips and tricks from, um, you know, moms and, you know, business owners and, and crazy busy people who are making health work for them. So I love that so much. And we have very similar missions. Um, and what yep. about Facebook and Twitter and Instagram? How can people find you, contact you? So on Facebook, it's Simple Roots Wellness. And on Twitter and Instagram, it's just Alexa Sherm. Alexa is A-L-E-X-A and Sherm is S-C-H-I-R-M. Perfect. And what's your website? Uh, simplerootswellness.com. Can you leave us with a tweetable? You can't get a body you love doing things you hate. We couldn't agree more. So every time you're dreading that exercise routine you're going to do, maybe just, you know, think about what else you could do. Just dance around your house. And if that makes you happy, then go for it. And don't go and torture yourself. Right, Alexa? Right. It's so true. Just enjoy your life. You only yeah. have one, so you might as well use it to the best. That's another tweetable. Tweet it to Alexa. Tweet it to us. Use the hashtag Food Heals Nation or Food Heals Podcast so we can find your post. Thank you so much for being here, Alexa. Thank you, Alexa. Thank you so much for having me. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Side effects of this podcast may include increased health and vitality, thoughts of living longer, developing a more positive outlook on life. In rare cases, women have experienced a strong desire to stop asking their boyfriends if they look fat in this dress. If you experience any of these symptoms, post a selfie to Instagram immediately.